they're all good motivations for tithing. We don't want to be cursed. We don't want to rob God. We don't. We want the windows of heaven open. We want to devour, rebuked, and we want to be blessed. We want the people to see us. They're good motivations. But what if they did not exist? What if those motivations were taken away? Why would you tithe? Sorry, I'm good. I, I have to say, until this revelation that I that we began to see, I would have to say, no, I wouldn't either. What would be the point? Okay. Thank, thank God they're not all gone. And it's called heaven and rewards and judgment. Anything he tells us to do, whether it's benefits here on earth or not, we still need to obey it. But will we? I may be segueing into your point, Elder Robert, but what I but I I think um, we we were talking about this in I mean, kind of along the same lines in prayer a little bit today, and that and that is um, like why why do we what what is um what's the what's the purpose of of doing some things if somebody else can do it for you or whatever then but i um and it's the difference of if my motivation for giving or motiva- motivation for prayer is for what's in it for me then i'm never really laying my life down but if i really lay my life down then i've I do get all that stuff back, but I'm not worried about that stuff anymore because I found relationship with God. Amen. Because all of these motives, as you call them, are taken away. But does God is God still in this scenario? Yeah. Is God still telling us to do it? It's it's in His Word, but there are lots of things in His Word that we don't do. Right. (laughs) But they don't keep us from going to heaven. You know, we could go on with life as usual, spend that extra money on whatever we want to. Okay. (laughs) There's, there are basically no consequences if you don't. Okay. And love him and follow after him. Why wouldn't we tithe? I mean, why wouldn't we? He gave it all for us. Why would we stand back and not give? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. What'd you say again? Stingy. What? I didn't really know this, but. <laughs> there, there are consequences. <laughs> jail time <coughs> fines uh, I didn't really know this where tithing started until this but tithing started in Genesis yes, it, did. Yes, it, did. it started with Abram in a in Genesis let me see it's Genesis 14 I think it is
Genesis chapter 14. It's a story where Abram went and won a battle, and he come back, and Melchizedek, the king, says in verse 18, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into the hand, thy hand, and he gave him tithes of all. This tithe that, that Abram gave Melchizedek was given before the law. You know, it's a law now. We're, it's established we're supposed to tithe. But he'd done this before that. He was not obligated to do that, but he did it anyway. And the reason is, well, before I go there, there are four things that were established right here in that first tithe. One of them was dedicating our lives to God. Second one was giving of the tithes to God. Third, fellowship with God. And fourth, committing to the kingdom of God. See, in John 3.16, we all know that verse. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. The key word in that verse is loved. Well, when uh, Melchizedek blessed Abram, Abram got a revelation of who God was. He, didn't, he, he knew he served God, but he didn't really know God like he did after that. After he got that revelation, that's when he gave his tithe. But it says that Abraham recognized the God who spoke to him for who he was. He was El, El, El Elyon, the strong, all-powerful God Almighty, the creator, the God above all other gods, the most high and the supreme God. He got a revelation of the God that he served. He got a revelation that, that he is the one that caused him to win that battle. And because of that, that's when he, uh, when he tithed. And we know that we, we read in, uh, I think it's in John chapter 8, tells us that if we are children of Abraham, which we are, that we are to do what Abraham done. So that, that includes us. We are to tithe like he did. And I've said before, you know, our perception of God determines how far we'll go with God. Our perception of tithing will determine our attitude toward tithing. How many of us have wanted to hold our tithe? I have a long for, don't now, but for years I knew I was supposed to, and it was an obligation. I had to. You know, I need to. I have to. If I'm not, I'm going to be cursed. If I'm not, something's going to break it. That was my motivation for tithing. That was it right there. If I don't tithe, the enemy's going to get that money somehow, so I might as well put it in the kingdom of God. That was my motivation. If we look at Malachi chapter 3, 
verse 10. I'll ask you, what was God's motivation for Malachi chapter 3 when he talks about tithing? What was his motivation? His motivation was to express his love for his people. That was what his motivation was for, was to express his love for his people. And not just to express his love for his people, but to express his love so that the other nations could see him love his people. Because the Bible tells us that the goodness of God draws men to God. So if, he, if the nations can see us blessed, see that God loves us to the point that he's willing to bless us, then that will draw people to us. That will draw people to him a commitment or validify how you said solidifies a commitment is that money and so when a person has money involved there's a lot of talk before money's laid on the table when it comes to deals and, and agreements and things but once you have money in something you act differently because now there's something else so God it, 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 it is an absolute expression of our love and trust because we trust God we, we shows commitment to him and that we believe he's going to do what he says he'll do. Amen. I'm starting to get what you're talking about, about uh, the love, um, because I just realized, let's say I give money to Pastor Angie. I never give her money because I want something from her. I never give her money because I want her anointing or I, I give her money because I simply love her and want to bless her at that moment. Amen. So keep talking. I'm getting it. Well, it's, well along that line, it's like our immediate family. I would love to have a, lots of money to bless my wife with. I have everything I need. I have more fishing rods than I got hands. You know, I don't. Ha I don't more clothes than I can wear. Some been hanging in my closet for way too long. I don't really need anything, but I would love to just bless her. Why is that? Because I I'm in love with her, and it's the same thing with God. When we fall in love with God. We will love to bless God. That will be our motivation. <coughs> I've got it wrote down here. It says, the more one loves, the more one gives. And that's the truth. I'll, I'll give to people that I love a whole lot more than I will to people I don't. You know, that's, and that's what you're talking about right there. The less one loves, the less one gives. Even if it's given to God. I mean, that, that may sound bad. So if you're not really giving to God, it's because you don't really love God. But it's the truth. 
I was just going to say uh, love is action. And Jesus loved us. He showed us because he gave himself for us. And in spite of how we, the world treated him, he still loved us enough to go on the cross for us. The same thing, if you don't have the love of God in your heart, you're not going to be a true giver. And if, we're not, if we don't see that we give it to man, we see that we give it, it as unto the Lord for what he's done for us, who he put over us. So that's the way I see it. Amen. See, that's, that's the revelation that Abram got when Melchizedek told him, when Melchizedek blessed him in the name of El Elyon. He got a, re he got a revelation of the God that he served. And that's why he wanted to give his tithe. He was not obligated to give anything. But when he realized who his God was, that's when he gave. Because like I said a while ago, the law hadn't even been established but then. This was before that. He gave because he recognized that his God is the one that caused him to win the battle. His God is the one where all the blessings come from. <coughs> it's just like, well, it's like Elder was saying there. Basically, you know, I read a while ago, the, love, the, more, the more one loves, the more one gives. The less one loves, the less one gives. The love of money will keep a person from giving. We can say we don't love money, but there's something going on if we're not willing to turn loose of it when God says to, when God asks for it. But the love of God will cause a person to give. I've seen, a, well, I've heard testimonies about uh, Sister Charlotte. She's had to been, I think they had to tell her to quit. God, she, she had such a love for God that it's like, let me just give this. Let me give this to the king. Let me give this. And it's like people couldn't give to her without her turning around in it and just giving it somewhere else. And that's because she had seen a love from God. She has seen the love side of God. But see, when we get a revelation of who our God really is, and I have to include myself, and I include myself in this if no one else is in it, but we really don't know who our God is. I don't think we do. Because when we really understand who we serve, we will praise God with our money, we will worship God with our money, and we will love God with our money. That's 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 it right there. <coughs> Amen. 
But see, in Genesis, we're reading in the verse 18 of that chapter about Melchizedek. Dr. Mills brought forth another revelation that goes along with tithing. Verse 18, it says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. They uh, basically had communion. It's what they did. He had communion. He established a relationship. A personal a personal relationship. And uh, I was thinking about, just began to see this this morning. You know, it's cell group or home group. We feed. We have food prepared for the people. People bring stuff. We don't do that because people come there hungry. That's not our motive for it. We do that because when you sit down and you eat with people and you visit with people, you are establishing a relationship. You are establishing a covenant. There's something about sitting down and sharing a meal with people. It's just, it just is. It brings people together. I remember as a kid, we always ate at the table. Now I don't, I've got two tables and don't eat at either one of them. <laughs> well, that's the society we live in. We eat, eat in front of the TV. But used to, that was not so. Families gathered around the table and it established a relationship. You people will begin to talk about the problems they're going through and all of that kind of stuff, it develops a relationship. So when Melchizedek brought forth bread and wine, he was establishing a relationship. That's what that was all about. <coughs> yes. He came with a purpose. And that, that was the purpose, to, was to develop a relationship between us and God. That is what tithing is all about. Well, uh, you know, we're talking about love. Well, tithing, tithing is to be an expression of love. That's, that's, that's the motivation for it. It should be an expression of love. But before it can be an expression of love, we have first got to love. We've got to love God before our tithes can be an expression of love to God. And, uh, you know, we say around here, and we do it loud, and we do it a lot, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's good. We'll say, I praise you, God. And I know... Speaking for myself as a man, I've had to deal with this, especially since we've been teaching on, on love and being the bride. <laughs> I praise you, God. We worship you, God. We adore you, God. But we avoid 
I love you, God. Does that come forth as much as the others do? It did not. It doesn't out of me. It hasn't. And it's and the reason is, it's what I see. Is these others are like a, a corporate thing. We can do them together. We can praise God. We can worship God. We can say, "I adore you, God." But the moment you say, "I love you, God," it just become very personal. It become very, it's, yes, it become very intimate. It, it just puts you right there. And I'm not talking about saying I love you, God, to the shout to really loud. I'm talking about when you are up close and personal, like whispering in your spouse's ear. When you do that, it changed from corporate to personal. And I'll, I'll just speak for myself. As a, as a man, I've had problems with that. I could say, I love you, God, out loud. But when it gets into that really quiet time, it's hard. I don't know about for anybody else. But it's been hard. It's hard sometimes. It, it's such, on a, such a personal level that it's so, either it's true or it's not true when we say it, that, some, mm -hmm. that we, we, are, we recognize within ourselves. And, and I knew that I didn't. I, I, I was not able to say that with any, any truth. And, and so when I would say it, I'd be like, God, but you know how I really feel. <laughs> you know, I love uh -huh. you, God, but you know how I really feel. Mm -hmm. You know, and exactly. I had to actually pursue that and seek that that intimate place where I could actually say and mean it because I said God now you know how I feel but I want to love you I want that and so he helped me and he showed me how and so now when I say I love you Lord I mean that mm -hmm. and so but it, it was I know what you're saying see that's that's where he's wanting to get us to and when we get to that place Sister Julie's talking about when we get to that place, tithing will not be an issue. It will not be an issue. Because when we say I love you to somebody, we have just made a commitment. You've just made a commitment. I can say I praise you, I can praise a football player, I can praise this, I can praise that, and I can turn and walk away. But when you say, I love you, that's a whole nother ball game. And that's where God wants to take us to. That's the realm he wants to get us into is in that kind of personal relationship. And when we, it's like when we got married and we said, told our spouses that we loved them for better or for worse. Even if we disagree with what they say or what they do, we've made a commitment. And when we can get to the place where we can tell God that we love him 
and really, really, really mean it. It doesn't matter what he tells us to do. We may not like it. We may disagree with it, but it does not matter. We're still going to do it. So I'm gonna, I'm fixing to go where you where you just carried us to. <laughs> no, that's good. Because I've seen in myself that it's it's kind of a hard place to go to. You know, what I feel like God wants us to do for just a few minutes, we haven't got a few, is to forget about everybody beside us. Forget about everybody in here but you. You and God. Not loud, but just begin to tell God that you love him. And if it's not coming from in here, if you tell him enough and you just keep focusing on him, it will begin to rise up in you to where it's really coming from deep down in your soul. We love you, oh God. Lord, help us to love you. Help us to see you for who you really are. Lord, help us to see you for who you really are. And Lord, we just ask that you would stir up that love in us, God. That true love for you, God. Not the surface love, not the artificial God. But the true love, God, that comes from deep within, Lord. We just ask that you stir us up. Stir that love up in us, God. Hey. <laughs> just stir it up in us, God. Just stir it up. <clears throat> hey, that we will love you, God. Hey, that we will love you, Lord. That, that the love you have for us would come forth from us back to you. Hey, hey, that's the only way we can really love him is for his love to come back through us to him. Lord, I just ask that you teach your, teach your people, Lord, how to love you, how to really, really love you, God. I just ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Anybody have anything they want to say or add? Uh, I worship you and I praise you. And then when we say we love you, but it goes to another level when you say I. It sure, it changes. It changes everything when you say I, and, and you're absolutely right. Sometimes we have to change things and stuff and individually say, Lord, I love you. And we have to do that in public because I know that God is a public God and that in public he done, he ministered and he loved us. And on that cross, like Pastor Casey saying this morning, and poured out his blood, he did that in public. He um, dealt with pain out in public showing his love until his blood ran down. And so <laughs> I can love him in public. 
Yes. And not have to uh, feel any other, worry about any other thing or how I look or how I sound or anything, anything else other than me and him. And in public, Lord, I love you, Jesus. I love you in public, Lord. I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not intimidated to say, Jesus, I love love you, you, Lord. You are worthy to be praised. I love how you love me back, God. Because of your love, I can love you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Amen. We do have to be able to say that and do that in public. That some of the hardest prayers are prayed in private. Or for me, they have been. Especially prayers like this. It's private. Intimacy is private. And That's where fruit comes. Mm-hmm. Private. And when you're alone, just yes. you and God. Because all truth is parallel, right? Yes. And you know, intimacy between spouses is private. And, I, and, and when I get around people, I can show my love for my yes, spouse. You can see forth. that I love my spouse. But intimacy is private. And the fruit and the power and all of that comes from private. Amen. And so I have to get alone with him, and I have to start being comfortable with him Alone, me and him, nobody else, me and him. And developing that relationship. Because if I don't have that relationship and everything, I'm just doing, because that's all it is. If I don't have a relationship, I'm just doing what I know to do. Because I see what everybody else, you know, and I can read the word, you know. But when if I, I have to develop that intimate relationship personally for myself Mm -hmm. and then when he comes i get to go with him otherwise he's gonna say i don't know who you are and and it it takes time Mm -hmm. it takes time it's not if we have to lay some things down for that Whenever we are intimate with our spouse and we're intimate with God in that private place and we've developed and are continuing to develop that relationship. Steve and I have been married 36 years, 37 years, something like that. Well, we're still developing, you know. It never stops. But um, it's real obvious to people that meet us that we are very close that we have an intimate relationship that's for public you know people mm-hmm. that's just who we are and that's and when we're truly intimate with God on that level that's just as obvious to people it it begins to come forth and be seen in public and that's where what minister Timmy was talking about it will begin to when we develop it in the closet or in our private time, then it will begin to flow forth out. If it doesn't come from that time, if we, if it's just, we've all heard people get loud and say things, I love you, God, and all this stuff, and, you, and there's nothing to it. There's no depth to it. But if it's if it's been developed in here, 
from that private time with God, then when it does come forth in public, it will be real. When you express love for God, He knows it. They know, and <laughs> they know, and everybody else knows. Amen. <laughs> so when we really get that love relationship, it all goes back to a relationship. Tithing will not be an issue. It won't be a problem. When you were saying earlier that he who loves the most gives the most, and you talked about giving the most to the one that you love. But uh, I always say, tell my people, like, he who loves the most wins because when you love the most and give the most, to love the most means to love those even that you don't have that intimate relationship with. When you love the most the way that Jesus loved, you love that much for every person that you come across everywhere. And to really build that relationship with God and learn about that love that God has for us. God has that love for everybody. And to love the most is to love everybody. Like that, everybody you come across, no matter what their life circumstance is, what they look like they're living in, no matter appearances at all, you love them with that passionate, deep love that God has for us. And it'll change your life. Amen. But see, that kind of love that she's talking about will only come will only come when you've had that personal relationship developed with God yourself. Because then God's love is flowing through you. Amen. I think that's it. And uh, I've always been one to give, pay my tithes out of, because I'm supposed to. Just Amen. simply because, not so that I won't be cursed, not so that I'll be blessed, but simply because I'm supposed to. God said to do it um, a couple of times. So that's why I do it. But I've been seeing here, I'm getting the revelation of what you're saying. Yes, and I, I, I can turn my focus to that now and, and get it off the law mm-hmm. because that's what it, it's it been be, with it me, be the law. But I've been seeing God has been breaking this fallow ground in my heart because I've been noticing people that are substantially and hugely blessed in this body are tithers. Not only are they tithers, they're they're givers on top of. But that's what I've been seeing. and And so I was like, there's no law in that. Ding, 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 ding. Nope. The tithing, whether we give with the right heart or not, will still work. But it will carry you to a whole other level if you're giving with the right heart. It won't, uh, there won't be bondage with it. I don't mean that to say, or obligation with it. All of that, all that would be out the door. Obligation. Amen. People do. 
cookies and T-shirts and what have you I bought because I love them. Yeah. God so loved that he gave. Yes, he and did. so when we develop our personal I'm intimate, it's just me and God, it ain't nobody else, me and God. That relationship, I start becoming like him. Yes. I Amen. produce whatever I draw from. It all tied in together. All of all these little revelations are tied in together. Amen. And I become what he is. And so I'm going to give. Mm-hmm. And What's money? And you're going to give out of love. I'm going to give my heart. I'm going to give my time. I'm going to give my money. I'm going to give my life. Amen. And for most of us, money tied real tight into that life. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Because it answers all things, you know. But whenever I can give and the the motive is pure, my heart is pure about it, it's it's because I love him, it's going to be above and beyond. Amen. You know, me too. God fit in the chair.